every chain, liberty. Let your word bring hope, direction, understanding, healing. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, release your power through your word. Lord, release your power through your word. Release your glory through your word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let your people find hope and rest in your word. In the name of Jesus. Let every burden be lifted. Let every uncertainty be cast out. Out in the name of Jesus. Fear out in the name of Jesus. Doubt out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Loose your people. Loose your people. Loose your people in the name of Jesus. Let your word have a free course. Let the liberty of your word be manifested. In the name of Jesus. Let it new, fresh understanding. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified. Be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's great to be in church and especially on a communion Sunday. Welcome your neighbor in the name of the Lord with the love of the Lord. This morning before we come to the table, I want us to reflect on the emblems of the kingdom, the emblems of the kingdom of God, the cup and the bread, the cup and the bread, the emblems. Can you give me the first one? When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? 1 Corinthians 10.16 We are in a generation that seem to have lost the true meaning of particularly the blood. So there is a lot of abuse and mishandling of the blood of Jesus. This, it has become just a cliche, just an expression. Even when they are fighting enemies, people that they think that they are enemies, you see they they use the blood and they think that that's what the blood is primarily for. The cup we are about to take, it represents the blood. So anything we say about the blood, the cup or the wine is actually something that the blood stands for as well. Amen. When Paul says that the faith that we have becomes effectual 
By acknowledging every good thing in Christ, in us, is true. Why many people are not able to live to the fullest in their walk with Christ? Because a lot of times, a lot of people walk in ignorance when it comes to the emblems of the kingdom. Maybe you say that Roman Catholic brethren of yesteryears and even today overstretched the use of emblems. So people began to worship the emblems without understanding and they created problems for the church. But I can tell you that if we have a good understanding of the kingdom and its emblems, it makes a whole lot of difference as to how we fight, how we live the kingdom life. The other time I was sharing with you about the seven pillars, and I remember when I talked about the emblems, I told you about how Azuma Nelson, the former world champion, the best world champion of, our, of Ghana, Ghana has ever produced, whenever he was fighting and he saw the Ghana flag and what it did to him, Hallelujah. And how he was incensed and he got charged and to empower him to overcome his opponents. Hallelujah. And there are many people who also have won victories, battles, because of the motivation of the emblems. So emblems are not to be worshipped. But they are to inspire us. They are to motivate us. They are to encourage us. They are to push us. And to remind us that we came from somewhere and we are going somewhere. We didn't, we are not an accident. So, when I shared with you on the pillars, we spoke about the persons, every kingdom having the persons with authority. And we said that that's why every kingdom has a king or a queen or modern times a president or prime minister. The power of authority presented in that person or group of persons as you may have it in certain nations. Like in, in Switzerland, for example, it's in a group of persons, a rotational presidency. And um, that is the kingdom's authority. Then we talk about people under authority. A kingdom has citizens. And we spoke about citizenship rights and citizenship privileges. And we talked about the pledge of the state to the citizenry last week. And the principles of the authority, which is the law of the land. And the character, which Pastor Bimpon will be showing, the, 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 the virtues and the values of the kingdom will be spread out. And we talked about that every kingdom has a sphere. So um, we don't assume that it's only operational in the church. Or it's only operational. We are not exercising our kingdom authority only when we are among believers. Wherever we find ourselves, be it the village or the school or the town or the uh, abroad or local, the kingdom is still the kingdom. Amen. And then the emblems and the power of the kingdom. And today I'm focusing on the emblems because we are coming to the table of the Lord and particularly there are different kinds of emblems 
under the kingdom. We talked about the Holy Spirit, the seal of the kingdom, which is in Ephesians 4 verse 30, which reminds us that we are covered. We are not ordinary. We have an appointment with God one day. And the Holy Spirit is that seal that is keeping us intact so that we cannot be duplicate. When there you have a seal, you cannot be fake. You've got to be real. When you are sealed, the seal makes you real. People can try to mimic God and say we are Christians, we are children of God. But it's only when the Holy Spirit is present in their lives that you can know that they are children of God. Say Amen. When our spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God that a man of God on television or on radio or on, on the internet or a woman or whoever claims to be a child of God, it's not by what they do that you know just like that. But when the Spirit bears witness, because He is our seal until the day of redemption. Praise the Lord. Another important emblem is the baptism. Going into the water. Those of us who have been in the Lord for many years and say, Oh, me, I'm too old. I got born again when I was 40. I don't need any water baptism because it's not important. I'm telling you that it is the drawing mark because it's a sign. You see, if you look at the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, you see that the Jews, as they crossed over from Egypt into Canaan, it was baptism of a sort as they crossed the Red Sea. That is the baptism symbolism that we are talking about there. In the New Testament, water baptism by immersion is a very important baptism. Of course, Holy Spirit baptism is also a, a very significant form of baptism that we all need to encounter. And then I talked about the, the blood. But today, the focus is on the table of the Lord, the wine and the bread. Let me say that in Ghana, every one of our emblems has meaning. If you take our coat of arms, you see eagle, two eagles. And you see also a fort showing the fortress, the strength of the nation. And you see other things, our sword and all these things. They all symbolize the authority of the state and our heritage, where we have come from. Now, why do many Christians... Uh, not uh, why are many Christians easily taken in by false doctrine? A lot of pre- believers don't know where Christianity has come from. I told the church a few weeks ago when we were doing the fasting and prayer of a pastor, of friend of mine whose son is now preaching black consciousness, who says that the Bible was written because white people wanted sl- um, slavery to be Im- embedded so that they would control white pe- black people. And I said, it's because, and the pastor almost got convinced. He called me and said, oh, my son is teaching certain things. And there's a guy called Ray Higgins. He's a black American preacher who was backsliding. And he's teaching these things. And then this man almost was, was taken in. I said, pastor, you don't know our Christian history. If you know where Christianity came from and how Christ came on the scene, you will not say what you are saying. And the emblems teach us your past. Because if you understand your history, you know your heritage, you know where the whole experience of Christianity has come from, how the Bible was compiled, you will not be sitting down and believing what your son, who is so ignorant, is telling you. And the young man was bragging on and on. It's so sad. And many of us get into wrong religion and wrong faith because we don't know our heritage. But if you were to take the emblem of the faith, like we have 
the, uh, the, the cup and the, blood, the, 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 the bread which represents the body of Christ and the blood, the cup which represents the blood, if you understand it, you will not play down on communion preparation. You will not play down on coming to church on communion Sunday. There are people, there are many churches that people when it's communion, they, they will go to church. Many of our, even our, some of our own church branches. You go sometimes on the communion day, everybody, half the church is missing. And pe- because people have not understood what the table is all about. And what it brings to you as a Christian. And how God treats it as very important. Hallelujah. So if you take the national one, it's the same. The more you understand the national emblems, the better you serve as a citizen. Last time we spoke about the pledge. Because when you know, you know, it's one of the important uh, uh, national things that we, we have to take, take heed to. It makes us live better lives as Ghanaians. And the emblems remind us of where we have come from. The table, the cup, and the bread reminds us of where we have come from in Christ. Say amen. It tells us our values, the things we stand for. When you understand the body... And the things that I'm about to share concerning the body of Christ, the bread. How it, why did God choose bread? Why didn't he choose some other thing to symbolize the memorial of Christ, his death, and, the, and also the cup, the wine? Why did he choose those things? What is it about it? Is it something, is it just, oh, there are many things in Israel, or there are many things in life that he could have chosen. But he chose particularly the bread. And he chose particularly the wine. And he told, he taught us to use that to remember him until he comes. It's not for, for, for just for, 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 for show. There is something in it. Hallelujah. There is a meaning to all of this. And when you understand it perfectly as a child of God, it makes a whole lot of difference what we are doing. Say amen. Why did God particularly chose, like in the Jews, unleavened bread? And when we say unleavened bread, it means that bread that does not have yeast. Biblically, yeast stands for something that infects or something that corrupts, something that is sinful. So when God says that the bread that you are going to use for the Passover should be unleavened bread, it means that there should be no sin. That is why when we are coming to the table of the Lord, we don't take the things for granted. Say amen. It's an opportunity what the only thing that will take us away from God, according to Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, is that not God's hand being shortened or his ear blocked, but our sin become a block between us and God. And God says that if we regard iniquity in our hearts, in Psalm 66, verse 18, he will not hear us. So if we come to the table of the Lord, we want God to hear us. And the reason why we, must, we, 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 we need to deal with the issue of sin is that we want to be close to God. Because it says, be ye holy even as I am holy. Hallelujah. And it says also that if we are not holy, we cannot see God. So we come to the church not to have entertainment, not to see our friends, not to, 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 to have people who pamper us or encourage us or who, who just challenge us or whatever or solve all our problems, but that we may have intimacy with God. Hallelujah. And we cannot have intimacy with God when there is sin in our hearts or in our lives. Amen. So the scripture talks about the unleavened bread. Then we talk about the process. 
Now, I discovered as I was reflecting on the two emblems, the bread and the wine, that none of it just came supernaturally. I would have wished that, like the way the manna came as they were in the wilderness, we would have a similar experience. Every communion. Because we want to experience God. God will just, when we gather, we say, Lord, we have come. Then drops our bread. Then drops our wine. Then we know it's really from heaven. But God didn't choose it that way. God chose to give us two symbols that go through process. Everybody say process. Process. Now, when we say something is, goes through a process, it means one stage or, or to another, through and different things are added or taken away to get a final product. So, the bread has been, the bread that we're eating has been through a certain process. The wine has been through a certain process. And somebody will say, oh, but why did we just take the raw, um, whatever, wheat or raw uh, 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 wine, a uh, 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 vine or uh, 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 whatever fruit we are using to just um, eat it. It comes to the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. God intentionally decided that we should go through it because every one of the processes symbolizes something that Christ went through. Say amen for this particular um, emblems. Another very important observation I made is that when you take flour or the bread that we eat for our communion, equally the, 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 the wine, I see that the single common factor through it all that is involved in the processing you can give or take anything, but one thing that I see around is water, 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 water. All of it involves water, both of it. Both the bread and the wine, the common denominator. And water, we know, represents the word of God. So, you cannot enjoy fully the coming to the table of the Lord if you downgrade or undervalue the rule of the word of God. Hallelujah. It's not all about, oh, just come and give me the bread. Let me eat. I'm free. Bring it to my house. I'll eat. Let me drink the wine. Without the word, it's incomplete. It is the word that completes the package. Whether it's bread or it is the wine. The bread... And the wine, if you look at those of our sisters who bake the bread, at least they bake some in my house. I think this morning's one came from my house. The bread, they don't add anything. It's just water, basically. Hallelujah. And just kneading here and there in a certain way. But it goes through a process which is aided by water. Equally, the, 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 the wine goes through a process which is aided by water. Let us, I went online to check how wheat bread is made. I saw different videos. I saw one from a, a factory in Kazakhstan. It's different. It's almost it's the same process, but you know that our brethren from the east, they have a way of making everything solid, 
metals. So you see the factory from Kazakhstan, they are heavy duty. And you see, I saw another factory in America and how they process from the wheat farm all the way to the, uh, until it's processed and becomes flour for us to consume. And I noticed that whichever way it is, they've gone through process. Today, before we leave today, be a child that God has taken through process. Say process. I don't know your experience in Christ. Too many of us have been used to the spectacular that many of our spiritual encounters don't have any process. Let me say to you, brother, sister, that even the, the growth of Christianity, of you and I, to become mature is a process. To develop faith is a process. To learn to live with people in peace is a process. To be a prayer warrior who is effective is a process. To be an intercessor is a process. To be kingdom minded is a process. If you are looking for spectacular transformation all the time, then I'm not sure that work with Christ is a work for you. And every process requires patience. Every process requires patience. And I, the Lord imprinted all of this in my heart, I believe, because we are in a generation where everybody wants instant results in everything we are doing. But God wants you to know that to follow Christ is a process. And the process of following Him requires your patience. Hallelujah. I looked at the factories that are involved with making wheat. Uh, making flour. It began, they always started with the, on, the, on the wheat farm. And then you see a combined harvester. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two fourteen, 14, said, many are called, few are chosen. So you and I all, we have been harvested from the field. Evangelist so-so-and-so came. Brother so-so-and-so came. Your friend so-so-and-so came. Your loved one so-so-and-so. Somebody invited you. Or you were just browsing the net and you saw something, an article. You met a friend in school. Somebody was going to scripture union meeting. Say, come, let's go. You went. The Lord spoke to your heart. You, you believed. And you followed. Everybody sitting here has an experience. Hallelujah. So when you go to the wheat field, there are different kinds of, uh, 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 all kinds of plants from different places. They are all harvested together to come. And you see, some of them, they are put in the train, on the train. Some are put on trucks. Wherever, they end up in the factory. And the factory, maybe you say, is like the church. Hallelujah. Now, in the, in the factory, I noticed that one of the first things that the factory, all on the one I watched in America and the one I watched in Kazakhstan, they both had sorting machines. That's why I said many are called, few are chosen. Sorting machines. They had sieves. They had things, all kinds. Some, in the old days, they used to handpick. That was what uh, Ruth was doing. 
They, 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 they handpick, they, they, after they harvest the thing, they choose the leaves, the, the, the wheat, which is good and which is bad, the green ones, the brown ones, the different t- shapes, the ones that have been contaminated by insects and all of that. So you come into Christ, we all have our things, some of the things that you are good, uh, God, God found you as a worthy wheat. But attached to you sometimes, some of us, are things. Sometimes weevils. Sometimes other things which are not useful for the production of the flower. Hallelujah. Things that have come because of the kind of weakness in your ancestry. They don't go just like that. But as you go through the process, as we go through the process... As we, uh, we come to the factory, the vineyard of the Lord, the, 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 fa- the processing field of the Lord, then it begins. And you see, I notice that the wheat does not choose, the seeds or the, or, or, or the grains don't choose where they want to go. As they go through, they allow themselves, they are flexible. The conveyor belt is just carrying them. When you operate by faith and by grace... You are in the conveyor belt of God. As a child of God. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are just moving as He continues to move you on. As He continues to energize you. There is already a conveyor belt which is processing, which is taking off the shaft, taking off the things. And if you take, um, a, a, a typical wheat, um, that is harvested, you notice that there are different sites. The cover is there, the inner part is there, the middle part is there. There are three, I don't want to go into technicalities. But you see different portions of it. But the, the, the conveyor belt is able to sift all through until the real grain is preserved. Say amen. But before all of that, there are other elements. Stones. So they put in magnets. The magnets attracts. The stones, the metals that are in it. I saw one in the American video. I saw that in that video, there are heavy, heavy metals. And it's all got a lot of stuff, garbage. That is why in the church, we need to be patient with one another. Hallelujah. Because people come with a lot of baggage. <laughs> you don't have to assume that everybody who has come is automatically very, very sound. Hallelujah. Because... At the, at the, in the factory line, whilst they were processing the wheat, I saw buckets, buckets, loads of buckets of all kinds of pebbles, all kinds of metals, all kinds of things that were not acceptable to be processed into fine flour. Hallelujah. So there has to be a separation or screening process. Beyond that, once that has been sorted out, the next stage I see and I saw was the cleaning or the washing. They clean it. Vacuum clean it or whatever. They find a way to clean it and leave in fine grain before they finally mail it. In the old days, we used to use uh, the warmer, the mortar and the, what do you call, pestle. The the, 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 then later on they moved on to the, the ones that they used the, the animals to go around the, wind, the mill you know that in the time of Christ that Jesus used to say that Jesus said that 
if you mislead any of these little ones, it will be worse than a millstone was hung around your neck. So at the mailing point, they didn't have a factory like we have now, like Iranian brothers, Stark Brothers, Flamel, and others. So they had donkeys that were moving forward and back, and then they, they, they were moving the stones, and the stone was crushing the wheat. Until finally, we developed the windmill, that is the, 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 the Dutch people, and the others developed the windmill systems, and now from there, they started putting electricity into the windmills, and then now we have modern mills which don't need all of those things. So there has to be all this process, which is a crushing process. The bread, we, if we are just taking the grain of wheat, we would not have been okay. If we went to the farm, the grain, before even it was, was, was planted, Jesus made a statement. He said, except a grain of wheat falls and it, it dies, it abides alone. So there was a death before it became a wheat. Hallelujah. Before it became wheat. A grain of wheat. Unless there is death, you can't have the grain. And even when you are, it has come, there are things that will not help in the processing into bread. A lot has to be shed off. It's not everything that goes in there and comes out that is part of the final process of the flour. Hallelujah. And when all is done, we know from what I saw that there's mailing, there's crushing, then there's a lot of heating going on. And after the heating, they leave it for a time and then they package it into nice seals of, 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 of flour. And we go and we say, we want the soft or we want the hard, depending on what we want to do. Amen. In the same vein, the cup or the wine, you have as the grapes. Again, there is death. You plant it, it grows. Before it grows, it dies. And it comes up. It's representing something about Christ. Then it's crushed as well. Separated. And then crushed. Before we crush it, you separate it. Because there is something I discovered. That for you to get fine wine of uniformity, they sample. Whilst they, 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 are, they pluck them off, they sample. They have experts. Who say, this plant, this, this grape is good. That grape is like that. That one is, so they taste and they have uniformity. Acidity, this, that, 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 that. The uniformity. Hallelujah. And whilst after the, the, that is going on, of course, there is also the washing. The cleaning. It's still part of the, the separation process. With wine, they ferment. And again, as I said, it's a waiting period for it to come to maturity. Wine that has not been waited on or has not been left for a period is not wine yet. Hallelujah. It is a waiting period that gives it the true, the, the real taste. Hallelujah. And finally, it is also packaged. My focus is not to give us a, an agricultural lecture. Amen. That's my attempt to... That is for people like Tony and Co. So when, as I was talking, I think you were watching me and said, this guy, I hope you don't, you don't go into error. But I, I did my homework well. I think I'm not... You'll give me a good A, a for the Greek. Amen. So how does this apply to us? I want to keep it very simple, beloved. 
Number one, the harvest, both ways, begins with death. The harvest, John 12, John 12, 24, 25. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels. A plentiful harvest. Verse 25. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Amen. So the first thing we see with the bread and the wine, before it got here, death had taken place. Now, every one of us who wants to partake of this must look at Jesus. We are here today because Jesus died. And we are, represent, we are, we are here today, we want to reignite or re- remember the death of Jesus. Now, that death is not just death as if he just died physically, no. It's not just about dying and resurrection. But it's about making, being insensitive to the outside world. When you die, your senses are dead. I, you, you don't hear. You don't feel. That's why when you die like Christ, somebody can insult you by untay. Somebody can cheat you by untay. You don't hear, you don't feel it. Somebody can disrespect you, but you don't feel it. When you are so sensitive and you are so awake, you cannot. This memorial is reminding us that we are here because once upon a time, a man walked on this earth who died. Even though, according to uh, uh, Philippians 2, he was God. Counted not to call himself God whilst he was here. But humbled himself to become like a man. And died naturally. No ordinary death. Not medical death. Not in hospital death. But the death of a thief. The death that is humiliating. That means he, 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 he sunk to the lowest point as a human being. Degraded. Stripped himself of all honor and dignity. And when you are coming to do eat the bread, you are, the bread that you are eating started from a wheat grain which fell to the ground, which died, which became insensitive to the world outside, did not see light, did not see, and didn't know what was happening. But when it was lying in the grave, the grain of wheat, or the, 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 the seed of the, of the grape, as it was planted in the soil, it didn't enjoy sunshine. It didn't enjoy air. It didn't enjoy in, it was there and going through the darkness of life. You say, ah. And Jesus went through that. And when you are coming and walking to the table, you are saying, Lord, I'm willing for my senses, my dignity, my pride, my image, my age, my money, my whatever, whatever I am, whoever I am, whatever I have. When you die, and notice that when you, you die as a rich man, the moment you give up the goods, all your papers, all your office documents, you don't have control over your keys. 
I've seen many great men who have died and there was nobody, even carrying keys. We were in this country when the former prime minister died in traffic. Not too long ago, about a year or two ago. To get somebody to, to carry him was even a problem. Taxi driver. I'm not talking about the president who died. I'm talking about in traffic, a former prime minister. Equivalent of a prime minister. Just died. And the moment he died, all his assets, buildings, everything, bank account, they came to naught. He had no control. Solomon said, it is that one of the things, the mysteries of life is for somebody to work hard and for fools to enjoy his wealth. When you die, fools take over. Anybody can take over. People, people are not even your relatives. They just come and they say, they are, they are, I know this is my brother, this is my cousin, this is my, my sister. And they take over. They'll tell, if you don't bring, come and they'll tell them, your family or your husband, come and marry the person who is dead before we give you the permission to marry. You have no say. You have no say because you are dead. You are insensitive. Won't So Jesus, when you are, we talk about the table, the bread and the wine, we are saying that we are dying with Christ. Romans 3, 23 and 4 tells us, baptism is, a, is another remembrance of that death. You identify. See, do, why are we quarreling? Why are we fighting? Why are we jostling? Why are we having issues? Most, we are very sensitive. We are too alive. We are so awake. This morning, into the noon, may you and I allow ourselves to die. Die and be buried with Christ. And resurrect in the power of Christ. Say amen. In the newness of life. Say amen. In the process of the wheat, we saw separation. Stones and other metals, I don't have time, I'll show you the video, were clearly separated from the real wheat. And I saw in the American factory a magnet attracting pins. They took needles and all kinds of things. So I realized that, you see, you can be in the faith in the church, and have the attraction, like the, the, the parable of the, of the sower, to the world. Be attracted to the wrong thing. And if you are attracted to the wrong things, you will not end up being part of the mailed uh, green. Hallelujah. If there is something in you that makes the world so attractive to you, and you are so attracted to the world, then you don't have value. If you are hard as a stone, difficult as a stone, we cannot be of much value to the bread making process. I saw stones. In, but you see, when the harvester went, all of them, they came in. That's how the church is. There are many kinds of people with all. You see, unless it's a certain inner conviction, it, what makes the difference is what is inside. Otherwise, it all looks the same. Even the ones with weevils, they look the same as the ones that don't have weevils. It is what is in it that makes the difference. It is the attitude inside. It is the conviction inside. That makes all the difference. That is why Jesus, the Bible said, God, that's for God, he looks on the inside. Beloved, beloved brother, sister, your separation from the world and unto Christ must start within. Don't seek to impress me. Don't seek to impress Reverend Dennis. Don't seek to impress Pastor Bimpo. Anybody. Your husband, your wife. 
The whole issue is that our separation, most of our separation is impressionist. We want to be impressionable to people. Just impress the church system. Impress so so and so. Seek to impress God. What you are saying, what you are doing, how you thinking, when, if God were to be listening to you, how will he understand, how will he see this thing? The way you have positioned yourself, the way you have thought about this brother, thought about this sister, if the Lord entered your heart and unveiled the secrets of your heart, will it be acceptable before the Lord? That is separation unto Christ. It's not so much of, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do this. That is part of it. That is separation. But the real separation is what motivates you. What drives you. Because see, we are, the, 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 the grain is separated onto the final meal. To get the part of the flower finally. I want to be part of that. You want to be part of that. So you, 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 your inner self, spiritually, must tell. See, David said, I commune with God in my heart. So much of our spirituality is very, so superficial. The inner communion is too little. It's too shallow. And that is why we are not able to understand fully things like the table of the Lord. Jesus is calling that unto separation unto himself. When we come, it is those that are separated. As we separate ourselves. As, uh, when we are making a decision. When you want to join something, when you want to make a, 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 take a position, whose side are you on? Why are you making the t- decision? Why are you going to the meeting? Why are you not going to the meeting? Forget about me. Forget about your team leader. Be separated unto the Lord. So, so I want to, in your quiet moments, as a person, make decisions. Many of us are not growing spiritually because we don't have quiet moments before the Lord. We, our Christianity is bandwagon Christianity. Bandwagon. We are all going, so we are all going. When you have that Christianity of trying to just do things because everybody is doing it, you can't be separated unto Christ. You are separated unto Christ by your convictions. Paul said, in the book of Romans. said, I am persuaded. You've got to be persuaded. Separation unto Christ calls for self- conviction or persuasion. Why are you even in this church? Why are you not in another church? You've got to be persuaded about it. Why are you in ministry of music? You've got to be persuaded about it. If there's no persuasion, and because Pastor Joe said, I should come, I should come. This one said, I should come. That one, that, 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 that you, you cannot honor the Lord. You cannot live a, a separated life to the Lord. You go in and you begin to grumble. You go in and you begin to complain. You go in and you, when he's not watching, you can do what you like. The person who took you to prayer warriors. You go in and you, you do what you like because you are not separated unto the Lord. You are separated unto that person. Be separated Unto the Lord. The Lord, the, the grains were separated. The, 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 the wine, the, 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 the fruits were separated unto the Lord. Hallelujah. They were separated unto the Lord. Number three, this is where it hit me most. Identify with the suffering 
of Christ. I saw the machines, the grinding machines, breaking the wheat. And they couldn't cry. They could, I didn't hear any of the wheat making noise. I didn't hear that. I didn't see any of the wine uh, press. That, ah, ooh, I didn't hear that. They just went in the factory. Just, they just went through. They just went through. If they were crying, they are, I didn't hear their sound. The suffering was going on. We love to be heard. We love to, we, 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 we love to make it known. May the Lord help us. When we come to the table, we are saying that we are going through. Let's, let's read First Peter 2, 21 to 25. We are identifying with the suffering of Christ. For God called you to do good. Even if it means suffering. Even if it means what? That is what the table represents. When you see flour, you know that some grain of wheat has gone through suffering. <laughs> Hallelujah. It has peppered. It has been crushed. Have you been crushed? Do you feel crushed? Do you feel disappointed? You know, last week we talked about being wounded and all of that. It's because we haven't understood the kingdom principle. This is, it, even if it means suffering, just deciding to do good for the Lord, you, you are separated unto the Lord and it's bringing you suffering. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. Go on. to the next. Let's go on to the next one, please. Verse 22. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. This is the part which is really worrying. Because many times, if we have done wrong and people blame us, we can understand. But what about when most of the time we haven't done anything and people think that there's something wrong with us? And, so, and worst of all, people that are maybe in church. Church people. And the same people that we even do our best for. I remember many years ago, I was listening to the Archbishop and in the midst of all their struggles with the marriage issues with his former wife, and I heard him preach, I said, these are the same people whose marriages I blessed, I counseled. <laughs> I named them, I dedicated their children. I blessed them. I did all this for them. Some of them, I even gave my land to them. I, gave, I bought lands for them. It's not Legon. It's Legon. Oh, please, I shared my properties. And today, they deserted me. So it's easy when you are being persecuted, when you feel persecuted or feel crushed. Jesus set the example. The wine. When you see the wine, you see that you've not been crushed more than wine. But when you are drinking the wine, the wine is smooth. Or the bread, the wheat is smooth. But it wasn't like that when it came from the farm. It was hard. It was tough. But crushing, crushing, crushing after crushing, different level grades, and the machines are wicked. Crushing, heavy, heat, going through the mill, identifying with the suffering of Christ. You haven't done anything. You haven't deceived anybody. You have not lied. 
You are the one who did the best. But you rather seem to be the one who is a victim. I said this road is not easy. May the Lord help us. Look at the next. He, he did not retaliate when he was insulted. Nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God. Who always judges fairly. When you are eating the bread, remember this. You did. He did. Jesus did everything perfectly. But the people didn't treat him well. You will do everything perfectly. I will do everything perfectly. But the people may not treat us fairly. Hallelujah. Beloved, if he went through that, what makes you think you and I, we say we identify with his death and his sufferings and we don't want to, we, we, we think it's only Satan who is bringing that upon us. No. Sometimes it's not Satan. It's just part of our identity with Christ. Because he suffered and we also. Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 3 and 10 and says that, that I may know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. How can suffering be a fellowship? How can we be enjoying? Fellowship is about warmth. It's about happiness. How can I be embracing suffering? There you come again. Hallelujah. Peace and many blessings. Suffering, brother. Suffer. Suffering. The one who is bringing the pain to me. How can I look into his eye or his, his eye or her eye and be happy? Why should God, should I not pray that God, let your mighty, send your mighty power, come down now. Let the, let the heavens know that you are a God of tender and of lightning. Vindicate my cause, O Lord. That's what we should be praying about. Not be telling God, oh, well, the one, the source of my pain, the source of my anguish. Oh, welcome. How are you? It's a very difficult thing. But that is what this table we are about to partake means. That's why he says, if, if you have any, even has out against you, we need to find a way to get back. It's not an easy road. Somebody made a song many years ago. It's not an easy road. I don't know which of the gospel musicians. Olden days. It's not an easy road. It's not easy. But it is possible. Say to your neighbor, it's not easy. But it is possible. It is doable. Because Jesus did it. So Lord help me. Amen. Let's look at the washing and cleansing. The grapes had to go through washing. Purification. If we drink it, on the farm there are all kinds of things around it. Death. Sometimes even the farmers. I read that in Spain and other places, even though there are machines to plug, they said because the machines can spoil the grapes, it's better hand, they are plugged by hand. So I see that when human beings are plugging, I don't know what, whether, whether there is some other infection or the other, they can get into trouble. So, it has to be clean. Cleaning of thoughts. And the only way, the most effective cleansing agent is water. Ephesians 5, 26, 27. Jesus taking the church he's decided to die for the church 
And he's also restoring, sanctifying us by the cleansing of water by the word. That is why we urge people to come to midweek service, urge people to have their quiet time, urge people to share the word, urge people to study and to, 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 be, to love the word. Because if you don't love the word, cleansing will not take place. But in our generation today, for a lot of people, when you talk too much words, oh, per word, too much word. Even there are people who not go to school of ministry because they say they give them homework too much. Bible reading. When you go, they'll give you their five chapters. And then, I mean, I don't like that. Go the whole book of, they'll give you one week, read the whole book of Matthew. You don't know you are hurting yourself because it's a word which will cleanse you. The brother or sister who is sharing the word to, with you is helping you. The cleansing is taking place. Otherwise, you'll be contaminated. I'll be contaminated. If there's no word around me. And let me say that. The word comes in different forms and shapes. Today, there's so many of us who don't know that the word written the word spoken, the word read, the word lived. Paul said, you are living epistles. You can read the word in a brother's life if you, the right brother or sister is living the right way. You can see the manifestation of the parities of God's word in his or her life. In his or her language, the way they speak. Not as in Ga or Eve or Chi, but the, the kingdom language of love. Kingdom language of faith. Kingdom language of tolerance. Kingdom language of understanding. Kingdom language of love and of kindness. Hallelujah. Many of us these days don't we don't explore. I want to encourage you. The scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When you hear the word of God on a Sunday or a Wednesday, go and listen to some the word. Not only maybe in this church, but any good sound word you hear. I'm standing here by the grace of God. Not because of just quiet time. Quiet time is good. But I listen to the word of God that has been taught by many preachers. Those of my, my, my denominational orientation and those outside my denomination. In fact, let me tell you something. And one of the problems with many neo-Pentecostals or charismatic people is that what we don't know is that in the Christian evangelical movement, sound literature is not produced mainly by charismatics. You got to know that. 90% of the Sound Christian literature, evangelicals, is produced by Baptists. The American Baptists. So if you ignore them, because it, 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 maybe it's not Kenneth Hagin, you got Kenneth Copeland, and all that you know is this Benny Hinn and all, you are losing out. That's what the scripture means by rightly dividing the word of truth. Every scripture you see, you know, you can, you can in, interpret it certain ways. And sometimes, because of the way we are, many of us have been brought up, we suffer from what we call spiritual myopia. You see things only from a certain angle. You understand things only from the angle that we are oriented. oriented. But if you venture 
to go to challenge bookshop and other evangelical bookshops, you will see that the world is bigger than Benihin. I'm not despising, but the world is bigger than all the famous preachers that we, many of us think, oh, that, that, uh, this one said, uh, some of the interpretations, some of them even give to scripture, it's not correct. When other theologians get to say it, you realize that, no, the way the guy is interpreted, that scripture he interpreted is not perfect. So that's why you need to rightly divide. But many of us, we will not even go beyond the Bible to even go to a commentary. When I mention Matthew Henry, there are people in the church who may never have heard of Matthew Henry. If you are a Christian, you are 10 years in the faith, and you've never read Matthew Henry, you've got problems. You've got to, you, have to, you have to sit up. And it's not like pastor is boasting or talking some far, far things. You have been to university, or you have been to SHS, and you can read the Bible, but you have never heard of Matthew Henry. How can the scripture wash your mind? You'll be, your mind, understanding of scripture, will be very narrow. You have never heard of Book of Wisdom. If I mention that there's something called Book of Wisdom, you think it's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's an apocryphal book. Maccabees is apocrypha. It's not, it's not Christian. It's not good for a Christian. So if you don't know, you go and buy Maccabees book and be reading it and say, that's also Bible. But it's not Bible. And it cannot cleanse you. It cannot do the cleanse. We are talking about pure word. And because many of us are not seeking, we don't know. We don't, we don't, we don't venture into studying the word in totality. Our understand, the scope of people we hear and the scope of reading we do in the scriptures, even some of us sitting, if you take the, the 66 books, there are about 40 that some people sitting here have never read. Yet they have been Christians for 10 years. They have only read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They've gone from Acts. They've read out to all the epistles of Paul. And they have, when they got to Revelation, they stopped. Then they went to the Old Testament. They took Psalms. And they took a bit of Genesis. And they took Isaiah. Because Isaiah, there are a lot of prophecies there. And they took one or two of the prophets. And Ecclesiastes, that's all. They have never heard of Nahum. They don't know Badiah. They don't know Malachi. They only know Malachi 3, 9, 8 to 10. And the rest of Malachi, they don't know. They don't know Zachariah. How can you have a cleansing? Your cleansing, you'll be using gutter water to clean your head every day. One small one, you'll be recycling the bath water. But when you are, you are, you, you are, you study, decide that uh, this year, we are talking about the table, we are talking about the kingdom. You cannot own the kingdom keys without the word. Amen. The word will cleanse you. The word will purify your thoughts. It will change the way you do things. It will humble you. It will empower you. It will embolden you. It will give you clarity in life. And when I say the word again, don't just say that I know the, the four spiritual laws and that's all. For many of us, apart, since we got born again, the assurance of salvation, we don't know anywhere. Even the faith that we, we, we went through is just by grace. Your teacher struggled with you. Absentee farmer, you go, and you come, you go, you come. You, there's something that should take you about four or five months. You are taking two years. You are still on it. They are struggling with you. And how can you get a cleansing? You will not be cleansed. You will be struggling with the world. The world will be eating you up. And you will say that the faith is not enjoyable. You will not ever enjoy it because you are not planted. When the scripture says, the, if you plant, you should be like a tree planted by the riverside. Then you blossom in due season. 
But because you are not planted, they are always chasing you. Follow-up people are coming after you. Everybody is coming after you. And you are still not making it. I pray that Lord will give us understanding. When you see the bread, when you see the wine, remember that there was a cleansing. There was a washing. That grape, that was washed. That is what has led to you and I that we can stand here, we drink it, and we are healthy. Say amen. The same way, you, is your time to be also cleansed. We want to go the footprints of Jesus. The footprints of Jesus. The steps of Jesus. The steps of Jesus. Jesus died. He resurrected. We go into him. We, 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 we die with him. We resurrect with him. We are separated unto him. We come with him along all the, 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 the situations of life. We, we've gone through the washing with him. Finally, we are packaged with him. After Jesus resurrected, he resurrected and he was taken to sit at the right hand of the Father. And that's where we have access to the name of Jesus. Amen. When you read Second Corinthians 4, verse 7 to 11, it says, we now have, give me that King James please, not NLT. It says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, and not of us. Packaging. Many years ago, water was packaged in Kula. I remember one of my grandfather's shops in Kumasi, Keu. When you go there, Nanausu, the first thing you give you is Kula water. There was no fridge. Kula. And he had, he had uh, what do you call it? Camphor in it. But the water, I still remember the water taste. I still feel for that water. It was so sweet. So, Packaging makes a whole lot of difference. If you have a nice thing and it's not packaging the right thing, it creates problems. You can be washed, sanctified, but if it, it, the good thing is in the wrong thing, for example, somebody comes to your house, nobody comes to our house and we decide that we buy a new chamber pot, fresh one, and set them with water. It doesn't happen anyway. Your visitor comes, your God's visitor, and you decide, I bought this thing which is not acceptable. And then you just give them, serve them. It is queer. They will look at you, they will look, if there are two visitors, one will, they will, they will, out of respect for you, they will keep quiet. But as soon as you turn your back, one will look at the other with the eye. And say, is she okay? Is she okay? Because packaging means a lot. The same way, even we, we believe in good packaging. So God expects. Hallelujah. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the, he has an excellent one package. The excellency may be of him and not of us. For Christ to be made known. These things we see. When you see at the end of the production line of the wine. They make sure that it's attractive. Even if you don't like it. You like it. The way it's packaged. Don Simon. And all of these brands. They put lines. They print pictures. All of these things are made so that you and I can look at it. and say, Ah, sometimes look at some of the bottles. The shape. 
People buy Coca-Cola not necessarily because of the contents. Some people buy because of the shape of the bottle. If they made some Gologa container and they just sell Coca-Cola, I don't think they are market in the world. Gologa is a big container. Look out. Don't worry about me. Eh? They will not, people will not buy it. If they went to every community and just poured a Coca-Cola in and say, bring your cup, everybody. Bring your calabash and get, let's put it in small, small. Do you think Coca-Cola will control the world like the way they are doing? But because of packaging. When it's well packaged, you can move it anywhere and you are not feeling, you, you, you don't feel ashamed. That's how God wants us to be. The bread, well packaged. The wine, well packaged. Your life, my life, ought to be well packaged. Paul says, we are a sweet, 2 Corinthians 2, 15, says we are a sweet aroma. When we go to an office and people come near us, they are enticed to come. Say, what is different about this brother? What is different about this sister? Because he has been through the mail. He has been through, he has gone through everything. Or she's going through everything. And here she is. Here he is. He is God's advert. God is using you and I to advertise to the world that look at my children. See, the whole earth is looking to, towards us or up to us and is waiting. When King Saul, I want to end on this note. When King Saul was anointed king of Israel, Bible said, Samuel said to him, Is it not upon you that the whole hope of the nation of Israel is resting? My brother, you don't know that somebody's hope is depending on you because of the way you are packaged, because of what you've been through, the meal, the experience you've had as you walk through the life, the, 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 the steps, the footsteps of Christ. There is an experience you have had. Nobody else has had that. That experience is going to de- deliver somebody. That experience is going to liberate somebody. That experience is going to lead to somebody's salvation. That experience is going to lead to somebody's healing. You are the next Benihin. You are the next uh, uh, Renard Bonke. You are the next evangelist. You are the next Billy Graham. Wake up. Wake up, brother. You are the next Charles Wesley or the John Wesley. You are the next composer of the greatest hymns. It is in you. It is in you. But beginning with the death of Christ. Die to the flesh with Christ. Let all begin with you going through the steps of Christ. Die. Resurrect with him. Be cleansed by him. Walk with him. Let go through the, when you go through the crushing periods of life, don't let the crushing finish you. Come out stronger because you are the one that's being packaged for the world to take. You cannot disappoint. I cannot disappoint. I urge you to remain steadfast. As those pebbles or those grapes were not crying, as the wheat was not crying, contain yourself. For a moment, you come out onto the best shelves of life. You'll be relevant. You will make a meal in somebody's house. When somebody's table has got the cakes and the bread and all of it. When a church gathers like this and they're enjoying, they don't know where you started from. Maybe you came from Alabama. Maybe Nebraska. Maybe Russia. Wherever you travel from. Whichever. From any village, any town that you have come from. God has picked you as a special pebble for that honorable day. May you be found worthy as we bow our heads in prayer.
we are talking about the emblem of this table. You feel too crushed. Hold on. Don't give up. You think it's too much. The sufferings of this present world are not comparable to the glory that you are about to behold. Better is the end of the thing than the beginning thereof. God has just begun. He who has begun. He will never leave you alone. He will never forsake you. God, all through the processing, the factory owners were there. I noticed that most of the factories, all the production lines, they had enclosures. The wine wasn't just pouring by heart. The wheat wasn't just pouring by heart. You will not pour and be wasted. Your life will not be wasted. Your life will be valuable. The best is yet to come. But may the Lord grant you and I grace to go through the meal. It's not pleasant, but the end is better. As we pray, I don't know your condition. Maybe you say, oh, pastor, even as for me, as for church matter, I'm not even involved. I haven't heard about any dying of Christ. I can pray with you as you desire to receive Jesus. You have never given your life to Jesus. You don't know what will happen to you if, if you should die today. Jesus wants me to tell you that he loves you. He came to die for you that you might live. And you will not live in your sins, but you will live in righteousness. You can lift your hand so I pray with you. If you know that you don't see meaning to life, I can pray with you. I want to pray with you if you want me to, if you if you if you know that you don't have Jesus as your savior as your personal savior. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Father, we thank you that your people have come to you. We want to experience what you went through. Grant us the grace that when we go through the mill of dying being crushed sometimes, being watered, and being purified, we'll be able to stand. And we'll come out packaged, blossoming. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we...